You are Locked On Bears, your daily Chicago Bears podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. The Chicago Bears are playoff bound, but the loss to the Green Bay Packers didn't give you much reason to be confident. This is Locked On Bears, and I'm your host, Lauren Cox. I'm an analyst for Pro Football Focus, and I'm here to bring you your daily, in-depth Chicago Bears news and analysis. Today's episode is brought to you by Built Bar. Go to BuiltBar.com and use the promo code LOCKEDON, and you'll get 20% off your next order. On the show today, we're recapping the Bears' loss to the Packers, going through specifically what we learned on both sides of the ball, with Green Bay being really the first test since this Bears team ended their losing streak. So we'll discuss what this Bears offense was and wasn't able to do consistently, what's going on with this Bears defense and how much Chuck Pagano is to blame, and more generally, what we learned about this Bears team in this game that speaks to what's next in the postseason and the offseason to follow. This rebuilt Bears offense faced its first legitimate NFL defense on Sunday, and they showed you this offense with this quarterback run by this head coach built by this GM just isn't good enough. It's not good enough to compete with the real contending opponents in the NFL. It can put up plenty of points against the Houston Texans, the Jacksonville Jaguars, even the Minnesota Vikings. But we saw all season the Bears were 1-6 against teams that finished with winning records, the one being the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And in this current form with Mitch Trubisky, the limitations are just too strong. They're just too real. And we saw this short ball control check down offense. And The Bears' playmakers have been good enough against bad defenses to convert that into high scoring and to make plays. And even against Green Bay, the Bears did a good job with time of possession and trying to keep the ball out of Aaron Rodgers' hands. But the problem was, this was not an offense that could pick up yards when they really needed them. You couldn't get chunks. You couldn't get quick, explosive scoring offense except with one deep shot completion down the middle to Darnell Mooney. And that's part of this offense, right? This is this is what this Bears offense is. That's what you kind of get. You get your one deep shot. I mean, there's room for basically one big explosive play from this offense per game. That's about how many you can get from Trubisky consistently throwing downfield in this system. But you also get your one terrible interception on the throw over the middle to Cole Komet in a really key situation at a bad time. And in between, you get a lot of time in possession, yes, but a lot of field goals, a lot of fourth downs. I mean, being able to inconsistently finish those drives with touchdowns is something that's really been a part of Matt Nagy's Bears offenses the entire time and has continued in this latest iteration. So, like, this was maximizing Trubisky in terms of scheme, moving pockets, making the game easy for him, finding an offense that actually can work for him and and have him be as successful as he can be. It's putting playmakers in a position to be open and make plays after the catch. They have playmakers. They had health. I mean, I know David Montgomery got banged up 
early on, but then came back in and was still able to run pretty hard and make guys miss and be the same David Montgomery that we had come to expect in the game. But the Packers defense was just better than what the Bears had faced. And it, there's just, there's nothing left in this game for you to blame. You can't blame the injuries. You can't blame a bad call from the refs here or there that flipped the game. There's no flukes. There was no anything that somehow took this out of the fault of anybody but the Bears. And it's not specifically Mitch Trubisky. It's not specifically Matt Nagy. It's not anyone individually. It's saying this is everything the Bears had that they could throw at Green Bay at a Packers defense that's not great. It's not bad, it's, but it's they're not a top five NFL defense. This is just, I think they're 16th in points and 7th in yards. You know, they're middle of the pack, but a contending level NFL defense. And this was the best the Bears could throw at them. I mean, even Taylon Austin handed them a fumble on the punt return after the Bears had filled the drive, giving them that opportunity to get seven points. They ended up having to settle for three on that drive and settle for three too many times. They did. And they even had to go for it on fourth down more than you would like to see them have to go for it on fourth down. And good for Nagy for staying aggressive and converting a lot of those. There were positive things that happened on offense. It's not that this offense is useless and terrible. They scored points. But this is showing you what this offense is capable of, and that's 16 points in a must-win game to get into the postseason against an actually good contending team. It's just not enough. That's what this offense is. It's just not enough. Not with this quarterback and head coach and GM combination in terms of the talent that you have, the scheme that you have, the players that you have. This game should be the evidence that the team needs to say, all right, we can't just run it back with this exact same mix. Does that mean... A new, another new quarterback fixes everything and you run it back with Ryan Pace and Matt Nagy? Does that mean GM stays the same because you like some of the other players on offense, but new head coach, new quarterback, or does it mean all three? I mean, there's no easy solution and there's no just blame this one person and it fixes everything. But I think this was kind of the final resting place to say, here, see, you put it all on the line. The real test was there. You showed some nice things and it was fun while it lasted, but... This is just not up to the level of standard of football that you should expect as the charter franchise Chicago Bears getting embarrassed twice by Green Bay. A lot of people want to just blame the Bears defense. Chuck Pagano and company absolutely deserve a lot of blame in that loss. No question about it, but let's not let that be all of a sudden an excuse for the offense either. This is a team as a whole that is not good enough, and it's a quarterback that is not good enough, it's an offense that is not good enough, and it's a defense that is not good enough. We'll turn our attention to Chuck Pagano and where you draw the line between players playing poorly and a defensive coordinator coaching poorly next on Locked On Bears. The opening point spread for the Bears-Saints playoff matchups is Saints minus nine. Quickly moved to Bears plus nine and a half, meaning it's a nine and a half point favorite for the Saints at home, which is interesting because the Bears took them to overtime back in week eight. Just a three-point loss there, but a lot has changed since then, and the playoffs, of course, are always a different environment, but it does feel like one of the more favorable playoff matchups for Chicago. And if you like those odds, then now's the time to get off the sidelines and get in on the action. Head on over to betonline.ag and sign up today for a free account. 
when you enter in the promo code locked on, you will receive a 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. A second embarrassing loss to the Green Bay Packers has to make you wonder if Chuck Pagano will be back in 2021. It once again felt like the Bears were thoroughly outcoached, especially in that opposing offense versus Bears defense matchup. And I still, you know, I want to give Chuck Pagano some benefit of the doubt, I guess, just because I don't know exactly how you're supposed to properly coach and stop Aaron Rodgers when you have Kendall Vildor and Duke Shelley starting in your secondary, but it still doesn't feel good enough, right? I mean, like, I don't know, I don't know where you draw the line between players playing poorly and coaches coaching them poorly, because I think sometimes it can be both, and then you don't really know exactly who or how to blame it, right? I mean, it was a frustrating defensive performance. It was an embarrassing defensive performance, and it did feel like an out-coaching. Like, Aaron Rodgers was always one or two steps ahead of everything the Bears defense tried to do, but it's also a lot for Chuck Pagano to be juggling. Like, you remember sort of early in the game, it felt like they weren't giving Duke Shelley enough help against Devontae Adams, and, you know, they needed to help. You know, there was like the slot fade that was almost a touchdown that Duke Shelley had to kind of pull and get pass interference to prevent that being an easy score on fourth down. So then later on in the red zone, Devontae Adams goes in the slot again versus Duke Shelley, and they bring Eddie Jackson over top to essentially double cover him. And so Rodgers goes on the deep crossing route and finds Daphne for a touchdown. I I had no idea who the heck number 49 Daphne was. I'm still not, I still really don't know much about him. An undrafted free agent, Dominique Daphne, plays some fullback. And, you know, people want to get mad at Josh Woods, but, I mean, he's playing underneath zone. It looked like a cover three. Again, we needed to have the coaches film to go back and see the full play and the full coverage for sure. But, like, he's an underneath zone defender. He's not really supposed to be responsible for deep routes behind him. He's got to keep his eyes on Aaron Rodgers and the underneath stuff. So I don't know exactly how he's supposed to feel Daphne running behind him and and getting open like that, especially when he expects Eddie Jackson to be the deep middle of the field safety, but Jackson's helping out Duke Shelley on... Devontae Adams, who's obviously the bigger threat than Dominique Daphne. So it's like Pagano's trying to plug one hole and then another hole opens up, you know, like in the old cartoons with the boats leak in water and, you know, the character puts one finger in one hole and then another board pops off and he has to cover that with his foot and then, you know, he pulls his finger out of the one hole to plug another hole and then water keeps coming everywhere else. Like that's what it felt like for Chuck Pagano out there because he'd try to adjust to one thing and then he'd have a vulnerability elsewhere. And... Yeah, you need better coaching, but you also need better players, and injuries certainly haven't helped that this season, and I do feel for Pregano in that case. But then, like, you get to that... But then you get to that easy Marquez Valdez-Scantling touchdown with Danny Trevathan trailing him in coverage, and it's a play where you wonder why you go to that call in that situation, where, the you know, he calls that not knowing the Packers are going to be five wide, but... If you see them come out in the formation that they did with the personnel that they did, you maybe call timeout or make sure you have a secondary call built in for the defense to adjust to. Because from what it looked like, again, without the All-22 coaches film, 
You know, Duke Shelley was blitzing off of the slot, so they had the safety over top of whatever receiver Shelley was lined over. And essentially, it's sort of like a, in a cover two where your middle linebacker has to carry the middle of the field. And if your middle of the field receiver does anything but go deep, you should be okay. So, of course, Aaron Rodgers sees this end, goes deep, and doesn't bring his running back in the backfield like he was supposed to, and does what Aaron Rodgers does. And you saw your safeties who... I, I'm not sure if they were supposed to cover the deep end of the fields at all, but they both stepped up to try and take away the short routes underneath to p- try and be aggressive. But it just left Danny Trevathan having to cover that number three receiver, Valdez Skettling, who was the most inside in the slot. And it was just a nice response, a good call by the Packers that just happened to line up perfectly to defeat what the Bears were calling on that play. I mean, those are the kind of ones where you just you have to kind of scratch your head and wonder, what Chuck Pagano is thinking. I mean, I understand maybe you, you want him to blitz more and you want him to try and bring extra rushers at Aaron Rodgers, but not that blitz and not that specific time. It just, I mean, it just doesn't, it just doesn't always make sense. I mean, his adjustments sometimes come, but then sometimes you wonder what kind of adjustments they're actually doing and why they either, why they didn't come earlier or not that adjustment in that specific place. You know, we still saw, at the end there, Danny Trevathan trying to cover Devontae Adams one-on-one across the middle there, passing some things off. You saw some miscommunications there. I mean, it was just it was just messy. And again, it's going to be messier with Kendall Vildor and Duke Shelley in there as, as opposed to Jalen Johnson and Buster Screen, who you can feel a little bit more comfortable with. But at the same time, man, it's like you just need to keep it simple sometimes. And it just feels like other defenses don't have some of those same problems in terms of being so easy for opponents to stay one step ahead and to seemingly outcoach you far too often down the stretch. Like, you can get away with some of that stuff when Khalil Mack and your pass rush is dominating up front. You can get a little bit more creative, a little bit more aggressive on the back end. Or when you have really strong play across the board in the secondary and you can trust your guys to make plays like that when the ball's in the air. But the Bears just had none of that. And it didn't feel like Pagano was quite coaching to his personnel for most of this season. I have a feeling that if the Bears are indeed going to run it back with Matt Nagy and maybe Trubisky or however they want to do it, that they're probably also going to run it back with Chuck Pagano just because I don't think Matt Nagy necessarily wants to go into a final year, a a really like savior job year, trying to also install a new defensive coordinator and get a whole new system going that way that is going to take time for this defense to adjust to. They don't don't really have time if they're all coming back. I mean, they, they ran out of time. A long time ago, so I would imagine there's a certain consistency to having the same guy at the helm that Matt Nagy will want, and I think the players still do have a lot of respect for Chuck Pagano, and it, they're not necessarily demanding for a new leader at the top. Either way, this offseason is going to need some change on both sides of the ball, and the Packers game kind of showed us more specifically where and what's working and, and what does need to change and improve now after a full regular season sample size. We'll go a little bit more specifically into some position groups that showed us what they can and can't do against a quality contender like Green Bay next on Locked On Bears. If you're trying to eat a little healthier this year, then try switching out some of your sweets for Built Bars. Built Bars are the best tasting protein bars ever. To me, they taste just like candy bars. The cookies and cream flavor, it tastes like a chocolate-covered marshmallow. The caramel brownie is very similar to a Milky Way. 
But instead of being loaded up with all that extra sugar and fat, Built Bars have only 4 grams of sugar, only 130 calories, but they're loaded up with 17 grams of protein. They're soft, easy to chew, and covered in 100% chocolate. You can't go wrong with any of the 18 flavors. You got to try it for yourself. Go to BuiltBar.com and use our promo code LOCKEDON and you'll get 20% off your next order. That's promo code LOCKEDON for 20% off at BuiltBar.com. Lost in the bigger picture playoff discussion and future of this Bears team were some individual matchups and position groups that taught us a thing or two about where they stand right now and where the needs may be this offseason. Like, for example, the offensive line had been a pretty big focal point of this Bears offensive success, and they did not have a terrible game by any means. It seemed like Generally speaking, the pass protection was pretty good for Mitch Trubisky. I mean, he was sacked once. He, I mean, so much of the Bears' offense has him moving anyway, so he wasn't, like, consistently under pressure. That was They were not the reason the passing game had any trouble. By all means, I think they did a pretty good job in pass protection. But in terms of the running game, David Montgomery didn't have nearly as much room to work as he typically does. And part of that is facing a better Packers front seven than some of the front sevens the Bears have had to play up to this point. And I think given, you know, what the Jaguars, Texans, and Vikings were throwing out there, maybe we got a little bit overinflated in terms of just how well this Bears offensive line was or how good it truly is. They were doing some very impressive things. I, I don't think there's any doubting that, but it it's not as translatable against better fronts that have guys like Kenny Clark and even Rashawn Gary's been playing well as the Darius Smith and Damon Harrison snacks added to that Packers defensive line kind of last minute can cause some problems in there as well. And I think we just saw that it, there is still some work to be done on the offensive line, right? I mean, I think we, we kind of knew that, but it was at least a reminder that, hey, you know, uh, when they face some real big men and some real quality groups up front that – you know, when you're starting an undrafted rookie at center and an undrafted rookie at right guard, I mean, neither one of them are currently rookies, but former undrafted rookies at a couple of key spots, and you had to move a right guard out to right tackle, it's not the ideal lineup for your Bears offensive line. So it doesn't mean all of a sudden Sam Mustafer is bad and, you know, throws off all their plans, but it was a reminder that, hey, you do need to upgrade this group next year. Like, presumably, Whitehair, Mustafer, and Daniels can all start on the interior and then you look to upgrade one or both of Charles Leno or Bobby Massey, but a reminder that good progress on the offensive line, but still more work to be done there. Pass rush on the other side continued to be iffy. You know, they got some pressure on Aaron Rodgers, but it always felt like it was kind of right at the end. You know, they did get the one sack from Khalil Mack finishing when Rodgers had to kind of step up and scramble away at one point. Uh, We saw Travis Gibson got to him as he was throwing once and even Robert Quinn was right there just after Aaron Rodgers had thrown some really nice balls so like they were getting a step closer in this game but the Bears needed their pass rush to be dominant and it just wasn't and that's kind of been the story of the season for those guys up front and not really a great injury excuse at this point obviously missing Eddie Goldman on the defensive line and Roy Robertson Harris as well but like you know you do need 
maybe a little more from Khalil Mack, although I think he still did a great job. You definitely need a lot more from Robert Quinn moving forward. You could have used more from Akeem Hicks, Bilal Nichols. Mario Edwards got a little bit of pressure in there. It felt like, again, still need the All-22 to confirm, but another reminder of like how this really well-paid pass rush has consistently not gotten the job done nearly well enough, especially when you had all of the injuries in the secondary, right? Like, I don't think there's a lot we can learn about this Bears secondary right now, missing two of your top five contributors. Continue to be a little bit disappointed with Eddie Jackson in terms of some of the angles and some of the tackling and just not quite being the same dominant player that we used to. But I also think his job becomes different and more difficult when you have to cover for Kendall Vildor and Duke Shelley. I'm mean, going to keep coming back to it, and I said it all week last week, that that was going to be one of the key difference makers in this game is if the Bears would be healthy in the secondary, and they weren't. I do think there was some reason to be encouraged, though, about the offensive rookies getting even more extended time. I mean, a career best for Darnell Mooney as your leading receiver. Team high 13 targets, 11 catches, 93 yards. Couldn't get the touchdown, but the big 53-yard gain was a reminder that, hey, you can have a vertical offense with this set of receivers. You just would need a quarterback and a play-calling scheme that can connect on more of those deep balls. And I think good reminder of Darnell Mooney's wide skill set. Cole Komet continuing to be productive, coming along a little bit there. I mean, I still am kind of waiting for big plays and like, a trait that really stands out as difference making. Like he's big and he runs hard. He seems to catch the ball really well. He seems to have good hands, seems to be tough to bring down, but he's not particularly like dominant yet, but he's a rookie. I mean, I understand it's not, it's too early to expect anything incredible from Cole Komet, but kind of showing you he can be a solid, reliable underneath guy, a security blanket type tight end. That's always good to see. And, and Montgomery being heavily involved in both the passing game and the running game, kind of keeping up some of the good stuff there. But, like, we saw some young Bears players get in on some action offensively that can make you feel like you have some pieces there to keep building around, both on the offensive line and at some of the receiver positions there and, and in the backfield. And maybe at linebacker, too. I mean, Josh Woods obviously looked bad on that touchdown, but without the All-22 film, I didn't think he was horribly out of position otherwise at the linebacker spot filling in for Roquan Smith not saying all, all of a sudden replace Danny Trevathan with Josh Woods right away but maybe there's something there you know he continues to kind of stick around and impress and make big plays on special teams so it's nice to kind of have some young irons in the fire there and Travis Gibson as well at pass rusher getting getting to Aaron Rodgers at one point was a, a difficult thing to do in that game so there's some there's some positive youth development there on the team but it's clear that the primary thing we learned was just that the Bears have a long way to go, top to bottom on the roster, from being a true contending team. There is a talent deficiency on both sides of the ball. There is a coaching deficiency on both sides of the ball. That can point back up to the general manager deficiency and just a, a general team deficiency to a team like the Packers that is showing you how it is properly done with the great benefit of having a Hall of Fame quarterback. So that's what Bears ownership is left with, is falling backwards at 8-8 eight and eight into the postseason good enough because you made the playoffs and you get a chance to try and upset the New Orleans Saints? Or do you expect better from your franchise to not be embarrassed twice 
by your big division rival and have two back-to-back collapses during the regular season. Either way, you got to enjoy the playoffs while they're here. It counts. Bears are in the postseason, and that doesn't happen all that often. And as soon as they're no longer in the postseason, we won't have Bears football on the weekend again for another nine months. So we're going to miss it. We'll try and have some fun with it. I hope you'll subscribe to the Locked On Bears podcast to keep up with all of our daily, in-depth Chicago Bears news and analysis. Later this week, we will go through the All-22 coaches film from the Bears-Packers game, try and figure out some of these defensive calls and see if we can notice some adjustments from Chuck Pagano or what the Bears did or didn't do to try and slow down Aaron Rodgers and why this Bears offense struggled to finish some of those drives and couldn't pick up consistent yards, instead getting to a lot of fourth downs and field goals. Before you know it, we'll be at Crossover Thursday with Ross Jackson from Locked On Saints getting you ready for the Bears Wild Card Sunday matchup. So it might not be a victory Monday, but the Bears survive and advance. And I think that's a good enough reason to bear down.